Hey, uh, today we're going to do something a little different. Normally we have a message, normally we have a word, but today is something else. Now we've been doing this uh, series on uh, transformation. Everyone say transformation. Transformation. And uh, we started the series of Give Me Faith because, you know, we had a pastoral change. We had a lot of shifts taking place. We had just come out of COVID. And what do we need? We need faith. But you see, if you have faith, and faith rises in you to do something, but if you do not have uh, transformation, then you can't sustain the faith. You can have the faith, and you can talk about this and talk about that, but if you're not transformed, then you cannot carry the faith that you have, and it will end up remaining a dream. Okay? So... It's great that we get keys in this transformation series, keys about how to live, but I really wanted today to share or have so oh, here he is now, Kent. Everyone give him a hand. We've already given you a plug, mate, but uh, it's good to see you're, you're here. So please catch up with Kent after the service, shake his hand. His lovely wife, Ruth, uh, can't be here today. She's uh, um, unpacking and recovering after a long trip. It is. So um, again, transformation. We can preach on transformation, but I want to tell you something. We also need to hear transformation stories. Amen? We need to handle uh, In 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, the Apostle Paul says that our lives are living narratives, not written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. And in this room right now, uh, there are many people that have overcome. And in Revelation 12, uh, 12, 11, it says this, that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of His testimony. Every one of you here has a testimony. His blood, what He died for, what you received when you received salvation, and then your testimony, that word testimony in the Hebrew translates literally to do again. So when you release testimony, it releases the power to do something again. And I want to tell you something. When you have a testimony, no argument can tear it down. The media might throw a few shots at you. You might have a family member that might cast some things at you. But I want to tell you, when you've got a testimony, no bow, no argument can tear it apart because it is yours. And I think we forget our testimonies of salvation. We forget our testimonies of change. We forget what our lives could have been if we didn't have Jesus in our life. So today, we're going to do a Our Stories. I think we've got a slide up there for that there. Our Stories, which is one of the stories from someone in our house. We're going to do a little interview up here. I'm going to ask Joy Winton to come to the stage. Give her a hand today. Great. Hey, Joy, I think I've got to swap mics with you. Now, I think Lorraine was also coming up. Is that right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> hey, so Lorraine is a great friend of Joy, and you'll learn more about this relationship as we go through the interview this morning. And um, uh, Lorraine is here to support Joy as she goes through her testimony this morning. Hey, something I did want to pop up here on the screen was, um, not a lot of you might know this, um, I'll just see if the slide's there. Do I just click on, Gary? Yep. So, um, um, we're not achieving success with the clicker. Let's see how we go. Here we go. No, you might have to roll that one for us, Gary. The next slide. So here we have Joy. Is actually it was her story was filmed by Fantail Studios. Fantail. So Fantail they do a lot of filming. Um, it's very professional, cutting edge. A lot of testimonies from people right across this country. And so this link we'll put on our Facebook page tonight, and you can see that Fantail's clip. 
um, over the week. Isn't that that's great? So, Joy, thanks for being here. Really appreciate you <laughs> taking uh, a real faith step to come up on stage and yeah. share your story. Um, now, not everyone will know you, Joy, but um, uh, but maybe you can let people know a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the church, family, work, you know, just, just, just your life. Give us a little Yep. Um, hi everyone. Um, my name is Joy Winton. Um, I'm married to the guy at the back. <laughs> the glasses. It's Gary. <laughs> um, we've been married for about um, probably four years and four years and a bit. And I have three beautiful daughters, um, Kaylee, Alicia, and Sophie, from my previous partner. Um, I work. Um, I do seasonal work out at Applebee, um, at an orch apple orchard at the moment, so yeah, and I've, we've been coming to this church for four years, I think, yeah. yeah so good. So um, many people know who you are, Joy, they've known you and Gary, and you guys do a lot for the house. Um, but maybe we go back a little bit further in time, and uh, so here we have a picture of your mother, and, um, and I love family pictures and whānau pictures, but sometimes in our family pictures, we always have them on the wall, we pick out those best moments, but sometimes life isn't always what it appears on those family photos. Tell me what is going on here, and maybe what was going on in your life? Yeah, so this is my big whānau. <laughs> Actually, um, this is only a small portion of my whānau. We are a big family, so... Uh, and this marae is... The name of the marae is... Te Tikanga Marae, and so that's at Atukurangi, in a rural area just out of Halcombe, um, up in the North Island. So, and so this whānau is my on my mum's side, and my dad. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have anything from my dad, but he is Samoan, so I'm half Samoan, half Maori. <laughs> and we've got, um, as I said, beautiful family photo behind. Mm -hmm scenes, the challenges that were there, um, you created a slide for this that really summed up what you felt life was for you growing up, I'll just pop that up now. Maybe you just want to speak into this for the congregation. Okay, so I was born in 1979 and I now believe that I'm, my, my, that God timed my birth on, on this earth for a reason and um, so I was originally from Wellington and, but I grew mostly up in Palmerston North. Um, so if you've seen or heard of the movie Once for Warriors, that's um, kind of like a splitting image of how I grew up. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a non-religious family. Um, we left my dad when I was only, only a baby, so I didn't know who he was or uh, what he looked like. My mum, an alcoholic, and she grew, she brought us up, me and my brother, my younger brother up on her own for a little while until, um, until she ended up meeting up with one guy that lived with us for some time and he was a violent man. He was gang related. So I witnessed quite a lot of abuse in the home. Uh, I've, I've seen my mum get beaten um, with just him using his fist and his boot. Um, I've seen and heard my mum 
having sex in the other room. Um, and so that traumatised um, me, brought a lot of fear growing up. And there was a lot of um, neglence, like a lot of uh, absence. So I remember a time when I was young and every day after school I would come home and my mum would be at the pub and I would have to look after my brother. Um, I was actually under the age of 10 and because we couldn't find a way to get in the house, we would try and find a window to, to get in. Um, or else we would walk a few minutes to town and look for her in the pub, no matter how late it was. Um, I myself was verbally, I was physically and sexually abused. And the only place in my home was that I could really stay safe as my room. So I isolated and kept in my room right up till I was in my teen years. Yep. You were you, you're sharing this, this abuse, this taking place, this is heavy, serious stuff. How did you reconcile this? You're a child, you're raising your brother, you're having to go find your mum. How, how did you reconcile this as a young child? I kept it all in. I was, I mean, some of you said, no, I'm, I am a quiet person, but I was very quiet. Like, I wouldn't even say boo. <laughs> and it was like as if my mouth was shut. So I kept it in and bottled myself up. I didn't know how to process it or, um, or what was going on inside me. Well, you said to me that you moved out of home at 16. Tell us about that. Young age to just have to, to leave home. Yeah, so I, I moved um, at a home at 16, stayed with my auntie and uncle, and I thought, well, I'll just start a new, uh, start afresh, maybe think about what I wanted to do for my future. So I moved to Wellington and studied Polytech, and that went well for a while, but along the way, some of the stuff that I was carrying sort of caught up with me and so I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, so the only thing that I could maybe think of was I'll start drinking because this is what I've seen growing up seeing and I felt like this is sort of following the same footpath that my mum was trying to deal with. So I, I started to drink, I found a way of connecting to a, a dating phone line and meeting out with guys and, and finding love and acceptance with them, from, these, from them. Um, and, but I just, but for some reason, I just ended up um, going into a deeper, you know, deeper hole. I was, I was really broken and so I, got connected up with one particular person that I ended up giving my heart to. And he was also broken, but I found out that he was addicted to porn. So from then on, from him, I ended up finding a way of coping, and that was to get addicted to porn. And I 
yeah, it was, it was completely controlling me to the point that I couldn't focus, I couldn't, I couldn't even get out the door. It was just, it just kept me in bondage. Mm. But yet here, there seems to be even more of a secret sort of underbelly that there are many women who are struggling in this, but maybe yep. they feel less inclined to be able to share it. Would that be fair? Yes, that's correct. Yep. And um, you were saying that through this time, here you are 16, going through all this stuff, going from failed relationship to failed relationship, and then we have um, this, uh, your first God encounter, this good news of hope. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I was nine years old. And I was invited by a friend from school. And so the Good News Club is like a kids after school program. And this was run by a woman in her 90s. And yeah. <laughs> and um, so I came to this club and I was captivated by just this feeling safe and loved by this woman. But also this was the first time of hearing about the Lord and and I just I just kept coming. I just loved it. And um, and so I that was the first time that I gave my heart to the Lord. She led me into um, just in her living room, and she asked me if I wanted to give my heart to the Lord and and have a relationship with Him. I said yes. And so my relationship with the Lord, I got connected more with God, um, the Father first and then yeah and then my relationship began to grow and yeah it was great yeah you, you mentioned here um and i can just jump back to the side if you need being yeah. coming to the lord you were sharing that and it's something that many experience sometimes we have this incredible transformation that takes place and nothing else is the same in sense but there was um, we were sharing together we were telling about this dual life that at the same time you had met this amazing, did you get that age, 90 years of age? Mm. Yeah, you think yeah. you can write yourself off at a 90-year-old woman, impacting a life just simply, not by anything but loving someone, just opening your heart. Anyway, you talked about this dual life and, and some of the challenges that you had to battle with. Tell us a bit about that. So when I was away from home and I was living a sinful life, um, not knowing what God was doing behind the scenes, he started, he was intervening because, I mean, coming to, having to be connected to someone of being invited to the Good News Club, I believe that was a God intervening. But also another encounter when in Wellington, um, he started bringing the right people across my path. So it didn't matter where I moved to or where I lived, he, he just brought... Um, the right people, so, um, and that brought conviction in my in my spirit to, to of what I was doing, and so I came to the Lord many times because I was getting I was struggling with with the temptations of of sin and wanting to come back to the Lord, but when I came back to the Lord, and it didn't matter how many times I did, I got to a place of um, his mercy, I felt his, his, his immeasurable grace, um, which broke me to my knees. I just, I couldn't contain it. 
and just his overwhelming love was just yeah just pouring over over me so and I've I've felt that time and time again every time I came to the Lord I felt that um No condemnation. Everyone say no. No. Because we forget that. Uh, when I talk to people who are struggling, condemnation is the first thing they put on themselves. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. Maybe just share a bit about what scripture means for you through these times. Yeah, so I struggled with condemnation. So um, I, every time I came to, back to the Lord, I felt, you know, it was great. But when I was, but because inside me I was struggling, I, you know, I just fell right back um, into sin. And, and then the shame, just feeling the shame of what I've done and feeling condemned and then hearing the enemies telling me that, that God doesn't love me that, you know, you might as well just, just stay where you are because you're going to keep doing it again. And I believed it. And so I stayed in that in that pit. But then, but because I came to a place that I just didn't want to, I didn't want to tolerate it, I thought, no, I'm not going to tolerate this. So this verse, I used this verse like it's my weapon. And I declared it and I read it and I just kept reading it until I really believed that there is no condemnation and and when it says for those who are in Christ Jesus I meant that spoke to me closely that that this is actually me because that's who I I am in Christ so um and yeah I just kept using it and also I didn't want to tolerate the lies of the enemy so I told the enemy the truth, you know, truth about actually God does love me and he's forgiven me and I'm going to keep coming to him no matter what. And so I've, I've, no matter what's going on emotionally, I overrid those thoughts and those emotions and chose with my will to stand up and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think um, there's a scripture that says in Psalm 68 6 it says God sets alone in families and, um, and so this was a family the Leeson family um, through this time, through this challenge God had brought this family into your life share with us about this family and what it meant to you um, so this family I believe that God brought them into my life for a reason and uh, they're a Christian family. I met through my cousin. And we, I was living at um, these flats called the Granville Flats. And I was that photo with the four ladies um, there. I became part of their group. And we named us ourselves the Granville Sisters. <laughs> and um, so I, I got to meet Shelley first. And I was really got really connected with her, um, 
and then I got to meet the rest of the family, and I lived with them for about a year, and they just took me in as part of their family. Yeah, they're a blessing. And I think it's a lesson for us all that the scriptures say that God does set the lonely in families, but you have to choose to receive it. Mm. And were there times that you wanted to run away, times you didn't want to receive that? How did that go for you? Yeah, well, um, it was a whole new way of living, with living a family, because I don't know how, I didn't know how to live with a family. So, um, yeah, like, what they'd done and what they said to me demonstrated the love of God by their actions. Um, they showed so much affection towards me. They, they even corrected me at times. Um, and they even said that if I, if I needed to talk to them, that they would be there. I never got that growing up. <laughs> but, um, but also, there was a time where I was, there was some stuff going on for me, and I wanted to leave them. I wanted to leave the house. And they weren't happy about it, but they gave me some, some strong words about, you know, if I'm going to walk out the door... This is where I'm going to be heading. I'm not going to be. It's not going to be a great road that I'm going to be going into. And you know, I didn't really want to hear that. I just wanted to leave and forget about what was going on, and just live my own life. So um, they said to me, "Well, you just think about it," and which I did. And then my decision was that I would stay. So they gave me some, some direction. And uh, from living with them, I have been able to think clearly. I've, I've been able to think more clearly about what I want, um, knowing that I needed the help. And so, yeah, and it just gave me some stability. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, I will restore the years the locusts have taken from me. And I think um, the next slide here, yeah, well, um, before I came to Tanico, this is Tanico, it's in Parapara Umu, and it's a Christian-based, um, I think it's now called Freedom Life. So it's a Christian, it's Christian-based, an addiction program. And before I went there, I made a decision to repent and to this time put my trust in the Lord. And then and then from then, as I was spending time with the Lord, he, I made a decision to go to Chineco and he gave me a word, a prophetic word <laughs> for myself, that he was going to, um, that, all, that my past, my emotional turmoil was going to end. So I came to Chineco and I said, Lord, you, you decide how long you want me on this program. And he gave me one year. And um, I, I've learned so much, uh, the challenges of how to um, open up, especially in group sessions, and to share what was going on inside me. I learned a lot about that. Um, and also how to, how to live with, living with other people that are also broken. That was a challenge as well. <laughs> um, I did. So the, one of the things that God did that stands out for me was I, 
not only forgave my mum, but I also, my, my relationship with my mum was restored and healed because I, in the past, I, I hated her, but now I'm consumed by God's love for her and, and have an understanding on where she's at and just so much compassion. So um, that's quite an emotional time for me on my graduation with my mum. And another thing that God did was he set me free from rejection because the rejection that I was going through um, was so painful that I started cutting myself. And so that's correct. Um, only because I didn't want to feel that pain. It was that strong. And so, but now earlier on when I... I felt ashamed of that, but now I can, I don't see the, the scars reminding of what I did or what the enemy did, but how God um, saved me and redeemed me from, you know, from what had happened. Um, and also another thing <laughs> as well that God did while I was on program is that I began to um, know who I am in Christ. Um, and I started to renew my mind and over and over again about who I am in the Lord because, and also to love and accept myself. And so that's been a long, very long process of doing that. Mm, it is. God is there right through it. says, the work he begun in you, he will continue to the day of Jesus Christ. And I think um, God brought you to Nelson, and, um, and you can see Lorraine and Louise and Carolyn, the pastors of this church, um, who just finished uh, with us last year. Uh, but tell us about uh, this. This is part of your transition to Grace as well. Yeah, so I knew Louise and Caroline back in Paraparaumu when I was at Taniko. And so that's the reason why we came to Aspire. And, and also, for both you, Joe and Lorraine, I just want to thank you for bringing us, um, me and my family, into your home um, twice. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and just being a part of our lives. And I remember the time when you both prayed for me and you delivered me from... Um, because I was still caught up in addiction with the sin, because that's how I was coping, and I was caught up in that. But you both came in and got delivered, and I have, and since then I have not um, gone back to um, gone back to that. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and, and also another thing on why I'm free is because I've continued to pursue after the Lord in my relationship. And I've been so, uh, just still wanting more and, um, and wanting to just continue my life with the Lord. So, yeah. Hmm. Are you have a picture here of your um, 
Well, I see the new me, <laughs> the, the, that I'm healed, that I'm delivered, I'm um, transformed. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, everything that I've even, when I was struggling, it's the, the turmoil and, the, and everything from my past is now gone. I don't have that anymore. So what's left now is just a memory. Thank you, Lord. My relationship I can now describe with the Lord is, I describe it as a rock, um, and just knowing that, yeah, just the foundation of, of between me and him is like a rock based on his like unconditional love for me. Um, I, I now can love and accept myself for who I am, and I know who I am in Christ now, like really know. And the fact that I do know that he knew me before I was formed in the mother's womb. Like my life was pre-planned before I came on this earth. So my, my relationship has gone from an, a deeper level with him and understanding. And so... Um, yeah, and I don't rely on my own strength anymore. I automatically, because I've, because I've been there and it doesn't work, I can now turn to the Lord for his, to trust him, to rely on his strength. And yeah, every, sing, every second of the day. So yeah. Um, so in the last, I think, two years, I've been listening to Kat Kerr. Uh, I don't know if you may have heard her. Um, she talks a lot about revealing heaven. Um, but what's really um, caught me, that I believe that the Lord has given me a desire, is to live holy. Um, to, to, you know, we should be living in freedom um, with the Lord. And so every morning... This is, what I, this is what I try and do if I remember is every morning when I wake up, I, I say good morning to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then I ask for and receive grace for this day. And um, I've been doing this for, for quite some time, and I've had so much peace. Um, we go through a lot of strife and stuff during the day, whether it's at work or at school, or anything like that. Um, but we don't have to give in to, um, you know, we don't have to give in to the, to be, um, you know, to, to be amongst that turmoil. Um, we can have peace with God through amongst whatever's going on in our lives. Mm. 
today, which says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. You may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Um, so I've had an understanding on, um, now this is through Kat Cure, <laughs> about the spirit realm and about our soul. And so I've been able to know, understand that what we say and what we watch or hear goes into our soul. And it can affect the way we live. It can affect our body. And so I always do a soul checkup on, on you know, just on what's going on in my soul. And so I, you know, I, I loose and bind things, loose the things that are that are not of God, and I bind the things that are of God into my soul because I. I want to be free. I want to continue to let my light shine, um, which we should be doing, and um, and just live in complete freedom. I mean, it's it's sometimes you know I'm gonna be maybe having a hard time, you know, and it's just the way it is. But I do know that. I have that voice saying, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to just pick yourself up and just keep going. So, and I do. Um. Joy, I want to thank you so much for coming up here and being vulnerable with us today. You know, just give Joy a hand. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Can you still hear me okay? Great. Maybe you can just turn the lights down and, and um, thank you very much, um, Lorraine. You're welcome to stay sitting there. You don't have to move if you want. But, um, but hey, just as we finish up this morning, I just want to ask Joy, she's just going to come down here and um, she's going to share uh, today. She felt to uh, actually release, uh, uh, read an encouragement and pray for this congregation this morning. And um, because we know that when people come to speak, they actually come with the ability to impart something. It's not just, oh, thank you for your story. It's like God's testimony can be released over you. I'm just going to hand that mic to join you. Um, first of all, I just want to thank the Father, thank Jesus and Holy Spirit for everything that they've done and what they are doing, even at this moment and even just what they're about to do in the future and I give them the glory and the honour so I'd like to encourage you all just by reading this that God's unconditional love is one of the most powerful weapon that there is against the enemy no matter what you've done or where you're at God loves you more than you can imagine and more importantly is that he never leaves you he knows exactly what you need and when you need it. Your relationship with God should always be your first. You should depend on him at all times. 
He's the one that will bring the right people at just the right time. Trust God's timing and what he's doing. It took me over 20 years to be truly free. We cannot do life on our own. That's why he created relationships for a reason. Keep running your race and don't give up. Allow Jesus to walk with you through all those areas in your life, especially the ones that seem dark. Then choose to allow him to heal you from the inside. And so I just want to pray, just pray over you all. Father, I thank you for each person that I believe you have brought here, also the ones that are listening online, that are hearing your amazing transformation work you have done in my life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching every heart that has responded to this message, and I pray and declare that there will be transformation and soul surgery healing in their lives. Lord, I declare that relationships with family and friends will be completely healed and restored. I declare that every person will truly know their identity of who they are in you, Lord. I declare we really, that we really love, accept, and be that person that you created us to be. Lord, I declare that you stir in us a hunger for more of your revelation by setting aside some alone time with you, including you and everything that we do every day in our lives so that we can walk in freedom and live holy because you are holy. I declare that we will know your will for our lives and that we will walk your ways and not ours. Lord, I pray that any person you have touched that have walked away from you or don't know you, I declare that you will begin to stir in their hearts true conviction that brings them to a place of repentance and having a full understanding of trusting you completely so that they too can be free. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Thank you, Joy. Maybe just stand this morning as we finish up service. And we're just going to sing a little bit of that song. Just as I was doing that, there's someone here with pain in their body. Um, you've had pain. And I feel that God wants to heal that this morning. So if that's you, if you've got pain in your body, um, just come up after service for prayer for that. Um, I feel that even as I say it, pain is going to diminish as I say that. Um, Joy's going to remain handy, and if you want um, some prayer from her, she's not going to be running ministry lines or anything, but if you want, um, um, she specifically said she would prefer if someone wants a specific prayer just to come and tap her on the shoulder, and she'll pray for you. Remember, her story is testimony, testimony of breakthrough, and what God has done for her, he can do for you. And I also want to encourage you this morning, and um, as we sing this song is this, the Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some people have misinterpreted the renewing of your mind as tolerating your current circumstance, meaning that you have been given enough, enough renewing to just tolerate what's going on. But that is not the transformed mind. It is not tolerating what you are putting up with. It's that he gives you power to be able to think with new and find new strength and walk forward in that. Is, is anyone hearing me this morning? Too many people see transformation as, oh, I can bear the suffering that I'm in. It's like, no, I'm sorry, that's not transform mind. That's just you getting a little bit of peace and not doing something with the opportunity God is giving you. And so this morning, I believe he is releasing transformation that you'll be able to receive new thought, new ideas, to be able to have the strength to go forward and the new that he has for you. Amen.
So just as we sing for the next